Welcome into another edition of the Ohio State of Mind. I'm your host, Micah Flack, and alongside with me is Tyler Danberg. And Tyler, what a huge past week and weekend of games. You look at men's basketball, lose on the road to Northwestern. Women's basketball, a couple of close games. And women's hockey played very well away in Minnesota against St. Cloud. And let's start off with men's basketball. Men's basketball, they go to Chicago. They lose to Northwestern, and they are now 0-5 on the season, Tyler. 14 straight road losses that date back all the way to last year around this same time. What are your thoughts coming into this week? Well, just another gut just another gut-wrenching loss for Chris Holtman's Ohio State team. This is a team that is showing similar results in January as last year's squad that had a span of losing 14 of 15 after the late stages of December, except the difference is, is that this team has a lot of talent and not saying last year's team did it, but it seems like this is a cohesive group. We saw it. They've improved going into the year, but they just could not hit a shot. It was just another tough loss. They haven't won a road game, a true road game since January 1st of 2023, New Year's Day, two New Year's Days ago. And they just couldn't establish anything offensively. They kept it tight neck and neck through about the first 10 minutes, but Micah, they just got boat raced by Northwestern. And I think the key spark was Ryan Langborg, the Princeton transfer, who averaged 18 points last year in the NCAA tournament for a Tigers team that went to the Sweet 16. And he had 14 points off four threes in the first half. Now, he didn't score a bucket, nor make a shot, nor take a shot in the second half. But it was what he did in the first half that gained separation for Northwestern, and they didn't look back. And this is just a similar scenario, Tyler, kind of what transpired, like you mentioned, last season, lost 14 of 15. Chris Solman came into this season 12 and 2. It was the same thing that happened last season. Went into January 10 and 3. We're ranked inside the top 25. We're just about there coming into 2024 this year. And they have just not been able to figure out. Chris Holtman had said in an interview that they just need to figure out how to correct it and fast. they got to figure out the issues. Tyler, you were at that game. This is an Ohio State team that is just allowing too much from beyond the arc to Nebraska and Northwestern. Going and combined 24 of 45, that's 53% from beyond the line. And this is a better team, especially compared to what last season was. A lot of talent on the team. You look at Bryce Sensball now in the NBA with the Jazz, but a lot of problems. And what do you think Ohio State has to do quickly, especially with a top 15 matchup on Tuesday? Well, they're going to have to adjust offensively, and I think that's the biggest key. They're going to have to find some type of offensive spark because in their first 14 games, they were averaging 79 points per game since They've only eclipsed 79 points once, and that was in that win against Penn State two Saturdays ago. We know that Chris Holtman's teams play incredible offense. I mean, last year they had a top 20 offensive rating in Kempom. The defense has struggled at times. They haven't had a top 50 defensive rating since that 2019-20 shortened season when they were 
one of the more prominent teams primed to make an NCAA tournament run. So you know the defense might not necessarily be the best in the Big Ten, but you always know that the offense is going to hover. And they're going to have to hit their shots. I mean, they barely eclipsed 10 field goals made. Most of their points on Saturday night, partner, were via the charity toss, the free throw line. And I think they're going to have to get Roddy Gale Jr. going. I think that's the biggest key for them. And he's shown some signs of life. He had eight assists in that loss against Nebraska on Tuesday. And then Roddy Gale was able to contribute 15 points against Northwestern, which was a sign of life. But... He was just at about 30.2% over his last five games since that West Virginia affair when he dropped 32. The key of this team is in the backcourt, especially on the offensive side. And if they can get Roddy Gale Jr. going like he did on Saturday, Bruce Thornton starts to hum again, especially from the field, not just necessarily at the free throw line, then they could really turn things around because this is a team that Chris Holtman says, well, one, people are going to see what this team can do. And two, they're just taking it one day at a time. The only thing they can do is make sure that they practice to the point where they get better each and every day and then the results will come from thereafter. And you mentioned Bruce Thorne, 11 for 12 from the free throw line. The past six games had averaged over double digits four of those times, but a couple games, only three points was shooting abysmal. And then another game, nine points. But you look now at Gene Smith, the AD, you bring in someone new into this summer, but Gene Smith last week did not uh, really was very hesitant on Chris Holtman and kind of what his future looked like. Didn't really give a comment. He said, we'll see. Well, the, the question now is, Tyler, and it might be a little bit too early to really see what happens. A lot of times Ohio State will make a huge run in the Big Ten tournament. It's all about getting hot at the right time. But Chris Holtman got an extension through the 27-28 season. The buyout right now would be $14 million. Chris Holtman is clearly on the hot seat. Buckeye fans and even sometimes feels like his players are starting to really give up on this on this team. What do you think Chris Holtman needs to do for the rest of the season to a keep this seat? And let's say this season goes completely off the wires. What's next? 20 win season is the perfect way to start. I think, um, because Holtman, frankly, has had a 20-win season in each and every one of his seven, or excuse me, six before this, except last year. And, you know, I think the uh, the time ran out last year when they got hot, and I think they just need to, they need to at least split whatever they have left and try and go 500 the rest of this regular season and then if they can get hot again in the Big Ten tournament, it is at a point where they could at least get back on the bubble or can put themselves with what's ahead. You've got Illinois, a number 14 team. You've got a potential top three opponent in Purdue. If you can find a way to turn some heads, get some upsets, generate that momentum into the Big Ten tournament, and at large bid certainly is not out of the question. And I, I think that's another thing is, you know, obviously the seat is starting to get warm, but I think Gene Smith said it best. He's excited for how this season's going to turn out. And I think there is a lot of excitement and maybe it's not necessarily the positive e excitement, but just the, the overall excitement to see what this season could turn out to be for the future of the program. But it's certainly way too early to just press the panic button, 
and say the season's over for this Ohio State basketball team because I, I think there's a lot of truth to what Chris Holtman's saying, that their best basketball is yet to come. And they've shown that through the start of the season. They've shown some signs of that in the Big Ten conference slate, but they've got a lot of great A chances to really ruffle some feathers in the Big Ten in the next couple of weeks. I think February, Micah, is going to be a major, major month for this Ohio State season, maybe the definitive month of this campaign. And we will find out a lot of talent for this Chris Holtman team started 12-2, and two and so far in the month of January, 2-5. and five. They'll have another opportunity to try to really – create some momentum in the Big Ten Conference. They'll welcome in Illinois, ranked number 14 on Tuesday. But now we go to the other locker room and a much happier story to talk about in the Ohio State women's basketball program. Tyler, seven-game win streak. They defeat Purdue on the road 71-68. They beat Illinois on the road 67-59. And because of that, they move up to number eight in the stand or in the AP standings, and what a season for this team! What a season indeed! This is probably the most challenging week that OSU has had because not only do they have to follow up that win over a top two team in the country over number two Iowa, but then they have to follow it up against two stout teams on the road in Champaign against Illinois, which maybe is an underachieving team this year, but nonetheless, they have a solid squad, and they showed that on Thursday night. And then they got to go into Mackey Arena and try and top Purdue. And although it wasn't pretty, each game was incredibly tight and wanted two scores throughout the game, they got it done. And I think that shows a lot. Regardless of whoever you play, that says a lot that you're able to avoid the ha- the hangover with two Big Ten road wins. And now we kind of look at these players. The end of the season is coming about, but just continuing to be on fire. J.C. Selden surpasses 1,800 career points, the 10th player in Ohio State program history to do so. Taylor Theory, 15th double-figure game of the season. Cody McMahon, third double-double in a row. And this team is hot, Tyler, and they're just figuring it out. What do they need to continue to build on going into the postseason? Well, I think they just need to continue up the points in the paint. That was what something that really stuck out of the Iowa game. Uh, Illinois, they were able to erase an 11-point deficit at halftime. Another thing that just says a lot about this team and showed some signs of last year. Because, I mean, you, you remember watching this team last year, Micah. I mean, they could erase deficits instantaneously. And one of those examples was last year, Illinois was up by as much as 17 in the second half and the Buckeyes ended up winning this game. The same thing happened against Illinois at Illinois this year. And they're just going to need to keep up that intensity. We know about their ability to force turnovers immediately. And they also have won the turnover battle the last two games. And that is major. When you can not only force plenty of turnovers, but then play clean enough basketball and to score points off the turnovers you force. That's one of the key hallmarks of a Kevin McGuff team, and more so a key hallmark of a great Kevin McGuff team. And when you boil it down, Micah, I mean, this seven-game win streak, 
is really telling about what this team is able to accomplish. However, you look at the resume, their three losses are to one, a USC team that is now a top 10 program and has arguably the best freshman in the country in Juju Watkins, a loss to number two UCLA by six when they were trailing, and then a nine-point loss to a Michigan team that was receiving votes at the time they played. So the resume has been great. They've got a couple ranked wins out of the conference, including Tennessee. And then you happen to beat the number two team in the country with the best player maybe in the history of the sport. And you also have two Big Ten road wins to boot. There is kind of one of those, you know, this is one of those seasons where sky can really be the limit. And I mean, it's it's been hard to find other teams in women's college basketball that have proven as much in a seven-day span as Ohio State has just done since two Sundays ago. And you look at the turnovers. This is was the 13th game against Illinois where the Buckeyes defense forced 20 turnovers. The Buckeyes defense tallied at least 10 steals for the 11th time this season. You talk about just how good their offense can be, how much they can score, but even when they trail, they keep it always close because the defense can really bail them out of those situations. It really can, and obviously Cody McMahon, she's got three double-doubles in a row, reigning national player of the week, but she's one of those OSU players along with J.C. Sheldon and Celeste Taylor and Taylor Theory that are on the top 15 in the Big Ten in steals. No other team has that many players in that same category for steals. They generate a lot of turnovers. They are really staunch in breaking up passes and getting hands in passing lanes. And that's another reason as to why the full court press that has really garnered a lot of attention for OSU the past couple of years is so stifling. And they'll look to try to continue that. The sky's the limit, made the Elite Eight, the Sweet 16, and of course lost to Virginia Tech a year ago. But this team seems even more poised and ready to do the best that they can as the postseason looms large. Now we go to a team with an even bigger win streak. You go to women's ice hockey. Tyler, nine-game win streak, 22 and Two, they beat St. Cloud in a two-game series. Seven to four was the combined score between the two games. And this team clearly is the best team in the country. They received all 20 first-place votes. And, man, Tyler, where do you even start on this team? Well, I think to begin is the schedule. They've played the toughest schedule in women's college hockey and they have 16 top 10 wins now, and they've won 16 of 18. Yes, that's right. Their two losses are to top 10 teams, one of them being St. Cloud State, who they got revenge on. St. Cloud State won in early December, and then Ohio State's won the last three against the Huskies, who's just, they have encountered a program turnaround. But nonetheless, I mean, this team just finds ways to win. And the Huskies have arguably the top goaltending tandem in the country in JoJo Choback and Sonny Ahola. Ahola dominated the Buckeyes in game one on December 3rd. And then since OSU has just ran away with it and they were able to beat her not just once but twice this past weekend. 
and they were able to do it in many different ways. I think that's one of the biggest things for OSU is that obviously Jen Gardner is the leading scorer on this OSU team, and she can carry her own. But it's almost like any different player on the ice for Nadine Muzzerwell can strike at any given moment. And this is a team 10-0 and on the road in conference games, just have everywhere on the ice, the front line. You look at behind the blue line right there, and you look between the poles. Amanda Teeley in game two earned her 11th start of the year and made 18 saves for her 10th win of the season. We talk about how good Ohio State is, you know, what in your eyes might be some of their pitfalls? You know, this team is 22 and two, and it just feels like that they have everything going for them. But you're playing a very tough WCHA as that tournament will quickly approach. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing to find pitfalls with this OSU team, because when you're the number one team in the country and you've lost just once since October because they lost once in late September to a top five Colgate team. I think maybe the one minute pitfall is the penalty kill. They're fifth in the WCHA out of eight in the PK at 83.1%. They've allowed 12 goals on the penalty kill. So maybe, you know, something... Uh, of that nature on the PK or finding shorthanded goals. Um, that That's not something that they are atop their conference in, but that's always something that they've been looking to alter. And I think they've shown some signs of strength on the PK, especially since the holiday break. Like when you go out and your first series is in Minneapolis against number two, Minnesota, a really good offensive powerhouse of a team just like Ohio State, and they hold them to 0 for 6 on the penalty kill, that is major. And I think they've really turned things around. That was one thing that Dean Muzzerwell was looking for them to improve from the start of the year, and they've kind of tightened that up since around that midway point of November and really haven't looked back. And we kind of talk about what this team can do. Is it really boomer bus? Is it national title or nothing for this Ohio State team? It absolutely is. I mean, when you compare the last three teams, including this one, one of them won the national championship against Minnesota Duluth in 2022. Last year, they lose one nothing to Wisconsin in the national championship. And then here's this team. That is one of the top teams, if not the top team throughout all of the season. I mean, Wisconsin had that tremendous start to the year, but the Buckeyes exposed them in Columbus. And that's going to be a fun season ending series to conclude the regular season up in Madison. But nonetheless, I, I think it, this is maybe one of the best teams, if not the best team that Nadine Muzzerall has had especially in what they brought in. They brought in top freshman talent in Jocelyn Amos, Joy Dunn, and then you bring in Kiara Zanin, who had a great weekend. She has two top 10 finishes in the Patty Kazmaier Award at Penn State, which is kind of like the women's college hockey version of the Heisman. And then you bring in a two-time Olympian in Kayla Barnes, 
and Hannah Belka, her teammate from Boston College. So, I mean, they, they somehow found a way to arguably get better, and the results have shown that this season. And you mentioned Wisconsin. They're right there at number two. And is that the team you kind of predict that to maybe give Ohio State the most troubles they kind of rumble into the end of the season and into the postseason? Definitely. Wisconsin has probably one of the more high-powered offenses outside of Ohio State. I mean, they scored over 70-plus goals in, I believe, their first seven series before they came away with just one in Columbus against Ohio State. So when you take a look at the scoring offense, they're leading in the country with 5.3 goals per game. Ohio State's averaging just under a goal. So I think the fact that the Badgers can strike at any given moment is another scary thing. Also, Minnesota is another stout team. Pretty much whoever can play in Minneapolis for the WCHA final faceoff and try and play for the conference tournament championship in early March, that's going to show you the different teams that can challenge the top-ranked Buckeyes. We'll see what they can do. Ohio State has recorded three or more goals in the first period of four games this season. They look to rumble into WCHA and really kick it off all starting there in the postseason, like you said, in March. Well, that will do it for the recap of those sports. Now let's go in to talk about our Buckeye stickers of the week. Tyler, who do you have? I'm going to go the number 13 Ohio State women's tennis team. They're going to Seattle for the ITA National Team Indoor Championship. They beat Arizona State 4-0 on Saturday in Columbus in that ITA kickoff weekend event. And, I mean, if you know a little bit about Ohio State athletics, you certainly know how good tennis programs have been here at OSU. And this past weekend was certainly no slouch. They're now 3-1. and one. They're going to be competing in the national indoors on February 9th and 12th. And they won the doubles point for the third match in a row, too. So they really showed out. I mean, Andre Spencer... Irina Cantos and then Tia Chavez, they all won in straight sets to clinch the team victory. Just a major weekend in Columbus. I'm sure you, maybe you saw it. Ohio State Athletics posted a great video of the clinching point for the final match that sent them to Seattle. Just a cool moment and a really strong program, both the women's and the men's. And when you get a dual match season as well in the Big Ten, I mean, it's a really challenging gauntlet of a schedule. But OSU women's proving it so far through the non-con slate heading into ITAs in a couple weeks. And I'm going to stay on the women's side of sports. I'm going to talk about women's hockey, who we just mentioned, and just the amount of depth they have. And I want to talk about three, Buglani. Jenna Buglani got her first goal since December 9th. And you look at McKenna Webster and Kira Ziana, who led the team with a goal and assist in game two against St. Cloud State. This is just an overall amazing team that have just been able to figure it out. Zanin, she's now second on the team with 26 points on the year. And Zanin, Webster, and Buglani accounted for nine of the team's 18 points over the weekend. Just three, Tyler, of many amazing athletes on that women's ice hockey team. Zanin is another interesting piece to the puzzle because she came in from Penn State. She played her final game at Penn State in Columbus for the NCAA regionals portion of the tournament, and then she was brought over to Columbus not soon after. So, 
I mean, she was going to be somebody coming in with a lot of praise and it took her a little bit to get going, but boy, she has really turned things on, finished with a series high four points and, and McKenna Webster as well. Another unique facet to this team because she's a tremendous goal scorer, former NCAA frozen four most outstanding player at, um, at Wisconsin, uh, or excuse me, I should say frozen four alternate tournament team. And she knows what it takes to win a national title. She did it for the Badgers. And she also plays field hockey for Ohio State. So she wasn't getting as many shifts and as much ice time when she was in her first couple weeks back from field hockey full time because she did a little bit of double dipping, like one series of double dipping against Minnesota. But since she's really started to get things going and she finished at a plus three for the series against St. Cloud State. Well, that will do it for this week's episode. Tyler Danberg and Micah Flack alongside with you. Thank you again for tuning in for another edition of the Ohio State of Mind.